there's a sort of a demartini thing and you go right you're going to list down you got two minutes write down 50 things you want in the ideal girl so you'd write down blah 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 as stupid as they were you know some of those like i don't know <laughs> i think i even wrote brunette at the time I ended up with a bond but um but just little things just whatever comes on top of your head and it's like you know putting i really believe putting that out to the universe and being really clear the more clear you are on what you want the more you're going to see it Hey folks, Jason here, your host of the Wealth Faculty Podcast. And this week, we change gears. Really, we change demographic, age group, uh, and I get to chat to a a very interesting young man, Tim Robards. Uh, Tim Robards is a chiropractor, a human biomechanics enthusiast, TV personality, speaker, inspired educator in health, uh, and all-round fitness. Uh, He was uh, catapulted into fame uh, in the very first season of um, Australian Bachelor, or The Bachelor in Australia, and um, followed that was launched into the spotlight. He actually fell in love and got married with uh, the lady on the show. So uh, one of those rare human beings. It was a very cool and interesting conversation with Tim uh, about uh, overcoming challenges, becoming a parent, balancing career and success, property investing. He's an avid property investor himself, his faculty members, his parents, his mentors, his grandparents, uh, the people who've surrounded him over the years have helped him push through uh, uh, limiting beliefs, self-doubt, those sorts of things, uh, as he's become uh, a bit of a household name in Australia, uh, a leading role in the last two years, uh, 2018 to 2020, in Neighbours and many other things. He launched his own fitness brand, uh, the Robards Method, et cetera, et cetera. So, uh, fabulous conversation, really enjoyed this chat with uh, Tim and the things he shared certainly left some breadcrumbs to success, dealing with uh, the spotlight and uh, keeping your head and your wits about you as you, uh, as you progress through certain careers. So I hope you enjoy this conversation with Tim Robards on The Well Faculty. Until then, take care, bye for now. Tim, welcome to the podcast, great to have you on today. Mate, I've uh, been looking forward to this chat. It's been a little while since I've done a podcast, so um, back at it. Well, thanks for choosing us to uh, to dust off your dust off your shoes, mate, to, to get back on the yeah. field. Exactly, <laughs> awesome. exactly. Well, I'm not wearing any shoes at the moment. I won't shave my feet, but I'm not even wearing any pants at the moment. But um, no one can see from the waist down, so we're good. <clears throat> well, I think that's the gift of COVID, isn't it? Everyone, everyone just uh, lives in this little box. Uh, for those who are listening <laughs> in on the podcast, we're, we're on video and. You know, the world sees us through that little little thing. Uh, COVID brought you some gifts and some tough decisions this year. You brought you a, a beautiful, amazing gift, your first baby on the scene, Anna. Yep, yep. Uh, with Anna. Yeah, so Anna and my little baby Elle. Um, yeah, so it was, um, it's, been a, it's been a crazy year. I, had, I think, you know, I had a mate talking to me the other day about um, someone was talking with him and, and instead of asking the question, you know, why is this happening to me? He was like, you know, I've got to start asking the question, why is this happening for me? Um, yes. And I think that's the that's the key to this year. Why has this, you know, asking yourself that question? Because, you know, there's times where I've been so frustrated, but then other times I've got to look back and go, holy hell, I actually had an amazing year. It was probably one of the best years of my life with yeah. a lot of challenges. There was a lot of anxiety and stress through that year, but there were so many great things to come out of it as well. One big one for you, you made a big decision. You know, your your acting career is, is a passion. It's a place where you're really focusing now in your career. You've, you've had some... Yep. 
um, progression in different multiple careers, but right now acting is, is a passion and where you're going. And you had to make a big decision this year throughout COVID and um, put your family first, maybe. How did you go with that? Yeah. Yeah. It was, um, yeah, basically I was, I was flying back and forth for two years. So every weekend I would, um, I'd fly back to Sydney, fly yeah. down uh, Sunday night, you know, I'd fly down to Melbourne and I'd do, I'd be there five days and then come back. And sometimes I'd literally fly back late Friday night. So I'd sometimes only get one night a week with my wife. And, and that was through a lot of her pregnancy as well. And then it got to the point where we were getting towards the end in the final trimester and, you know, it was becoming like, it was tough. Like work was tough. It was became harder. Even the simple things, you know, when you're flying every week, it's really nice when I could, I could do the fly ahead. You know, I could rock up to the airport. If I finish, I'd never know exactly what time I was going to finish. So I'd always book the latest flight and hope that I got there earlier, jump on an earlier flight. And it was, it was seamless. And there was a lounge and it was good. You know, it was, I would just switch into autopilot. It would take me, you know, when I knock off work on a Friday, it would take me five hours to get home, but I was just used to that. And, um, but then when COVID hit and there was less and less planes, you know, there's one or two planes a day, there was stress around that, whether you're actually going to even make that one plane. And then sometimes yeah. I might finish work. I might be lucky, finish at 10 o'clock, you know, I'll start 6 a.m., finish at 10. And then I've got to wait till 6 p.m. for the flight. So I'm sitting at the airport with no lounge anymore for six hours, you know, first of all problems. But it just made the day so long. And when you've got a wife that you only get to see, you know, who's pregnant and you only get to see her like one or two days a week, all those, those even those hours matter. And then it got extra hard. Long story short, when they basically, um, you know, I was, I was, um, I got locked in, locked down in Melbourne. I couldn't get back for about a month. And finally, I came back. I was able to come back um, and isolate, but I got to see my wife then. And then during that is when they introduced the hotel quarantine. So it, it basically meant that I would have to go back for another month and then do two weeks in hotel quarantine, which was six weeks away from my wife where I would not see her at all. And if anything happened in that time, or if she, you know, it was in the last trimester, if she went into labor, I, there's no way I could get there. No way. They're not going to let you out of hotel quarantine. And so, you know, it was a decision of like, you know, leaving my wife for six weeks and also potentially not being there if something went wrong or if something went right, it just not being there. And, but at the same time, I had a team of people that I was, you know, I was in the biggest story of the whole year with neighbors and I was loving the, the challenge and the acting and everyone's story revolved around my story. And I didn't want to let the team down. You know, it's such a team, um, team environment there and everyone works together so hard with such big hours and that. And I was, I'm like getting this thing of like, am I being selfish by being there for my wife and my child or should I be there for work, you know? And we ended up, Long story short, we ended up, I had to make the decision. I broke out in, I get cold sores and I broke out in the biggest cold sore. I was so stressed, you know, physically when you are getting stressed, you yeah. are, when you break out and I, I was just like, it was, yeah, it was nuts. It was just that decision. Usually I'm pretty, I'm really good with not worrying about the stuff that's out of your control, but this was a decision that was totally in my control. And that's where, when you've got those big decisions to make, um, you know, who do I, who do I let down? um that's that's where it becomes really hard but uh, inevitably i ended up um yeah having to leave early it was only a month earlier but it just meant that i could be there and but for the neighbors it meant that they had to get another actor to fill in my role so that was a big thing for them but luckily it went fairly seamlessly and uh they they understood they were very supportive um once we made the decision and uh you know i i, I thank them for that but i never got to say goodbye so you finish like two years i never got to have a farewell goodbye i literally never i haven't been back yet and when i when i came back here to isolate i always thought i was going back 
Yeah. So I never actually got to say goodbye to anyone. So it was, um, it was really bittersweet, but you know, out of that, I have a beautiful daughter and, um, and yeah, so hopefully get to go back one day and say goodbye. Say goodbye to everyone. I, and you know, yeah. it brings up a question, which, which makes me a bit curious and, and certainly probably one that I'm, uh, aligning in 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 my world i've done a lot of travel for my work as well and uh, if it wasn't for covid i I think i would still have uh, i call it a dysfunction for me a dysfunctional view of i'm traveling away for my family and i'm doing it for my family do you think and just curiosity question do you think Yeah, yeah now you've been home with your family you would you would choose to go back and be away from them like that all the time like it is, is the COVID time me, changed your view? Yeah. I think for me, part of it was the fact that the decision was made for me and I couldn't make the decision. Like in the, if I, if I'd have say I had a job coming up and it was like, right, there's a job. It's um, it's worth this much to you. It's a big thing. If I was on a new big movie, but you're going to be away for six months, at least yeah. you've kind of got the, you can either say yes or no to it. You know, you can, you can weigh it up yeah. and it's kind of your decision. Whereas when the hotel quarantine and all that was made, it was like, that wasn't my decision and it was never part of the original thing. So I think if at least I was, um, if the, the, the opportunity was put in front of me and I knew everything that was involved, then maybe you could make that decision a little better. But it's like when you're halfway there and they were to say, you know, you're overseas filming and they say, oh, you can't go home blah, blah, blah. And you hang on, this, this wasn't what I signed up to. I said, I'd be home in two weeks. No, no, no. You've got to be here for six or eight. That's when you're like, whoa, hang on. You know, but I mean, if you were at home and they said, Hey, do you want to go away for eight weeks? At least you're making that decision and you're making it together um, rather than it feeling like it's made for you. So yeah. it was somewhere in that. So yeah, I, I <laughs> it's still, I think being there at that time, of my child's birth. I don't think, I don't know how, you know, but it went, put it, I guess the, the difference is like, even if say, say it wasn't COVID times and I had a big job in the States, the thing is you're never really more than 24 hours of getting home. So say Anna did go early or had to go in, there was some emergency or something. I could say, you know what? 24 hours is, is doable. I'll do that, you know? Um, but two weeks if someone said right if there's an emergency you're not going to see you for a whole two weeks you're going to be locked in a hotel room yeah. um that would be i just thought the thought of that not being able to be there for two weeks not moving at least if you're tra- you know trying to get home from somewhere you're moving you, you've got progress you know but being stuck <laughs> that just the thought of that just didn't sit well with me so yeah it's it's yeah. different it's certainly different times or different uh Thought processes now, like you said, with COVID, yeah. you're restricted and you don't want to be that far away. Yeah. Yeah. But at the same time, yeah, sometimes with COVID, you've got to make those extra sacrifices now. Like I'm looking at jobs now up in the Gold Coast in Queensland, and it means I've got to go away from the wife, and there might be quarantines and it's got to be longer than it has to be, and all that. A friend of mine just got a job in the States. He's got a, he had a child when um, the exact same, basically the same day I had one and um, we had one. And, um, he got a job in the States and he's had to go over there. So he's now, I think he's there for three months. So he'll miss three months of his child's thing. He's got to come back and, and then quarantine and, and it's hard because she can't really go over. It's, you know, but you've got to make those sacrifices, like you say, to, to support your family. But it's that balance where at what point, yeah, you just weigh up where you're at, but what point you're do, you, at. do you need to do it where, you know, and yeah. Brings it's up. It's all kind of re- all the, relative. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, as you're saying it, you've got a friend there too and, and sort of things are like 
So have you and Anna sat down uh, and talked it through? Like, okay, listen, you know, um, uh, and I'm making an assumption here. Anna mm-hmm. is now uh, choosing. You guys are both choosing together. Um, you're going to sort of pursue your career for the moment. Um, Anna will do um, uh, the majority of the, the the care work for the baby for a period of time. And then have you guys discussed kind of this strategy? Because what I find a lot, um, I'm, I'm a dad of three. My eldest is just about to turn 18. So you know, yeah, on, yeah, yeah. Uh, on on a bit, on the bit of a backstretch, um, uh, often finding with with uh, new couples, new babies. You know, did you discuss in advance? You know, the workload and yeah. uh, who's going to be yep. supported, who and whose career comes first and second, and you know. Yep, I think there's probably, I guess, a little bit like because I have a bit more of a, I don't know, maybe it's a bit more defined career at the moment. There's maybe a little bit more edge towards my way but at the same time if Anna got something really big then I would I'd do the opposite and I would support her I guess yep. you know um I yeah I, I guess it really just depends we, we have had the discussion and we'd support either either one of us but um I think at the moment the way my career is going it is you know that and with acting it's a lot of it you got to move around so we have definitely discussed that and Anna yeah. said she would come and support me where where we are um wherever we are and I think that would be the thing if we could if there was like a one month job or a two month job you might just go yourself but if it's you know any longer than that then we would go together as a family um you know fingers fingers crossed hoping but um, on the flip side of that if Anna you know we both we work in kind of Anna was a lawyer but now she's um She's she's got some really great ambassadorships and things, and she's done a bit of hosting, presenting, and all that. So, if there was a big job that came up for her, um, then you know, then I would support her. A lot of her stuff is more like a day here, a week here, or not, never longer yeah. than a week. Whereas, you know, when you land a role, it's like weeks, months. So, I think that's where we sort of lie in that. Definitely, I'm and, and at the moment when I've you know I've not been properly employed for a while, so I've been able to really pick up. Maybe it's maybe it's 60-40 with, you know, father, mother, mother uh, relationship. Sometimes it feels like 50-50, but, um, you know, I've been able to do a lot, which is great. Yeah, that's Just awesome. Can't feed. <laughs> uh, well, at the end of the day, you know, you do what you can. I think that's the important part, you know, when, when you know, new couples, having a baby, communication is so important. Talk it through. Yeah. yeah. Don't assume anything because... <laughs> Yeah. That's where you end up with in trouble. But uh, you know, that that um, you know, brings us to, you know, talking about your career. It, it has been um an interesting, I would call maybe an adventure. Uh, are you um your career started out, you know, uh in the world of uh chiropractic? You're you're a, yep. a qualified practicing chiropractor, um, a world of health. You've got the Robards method workout system, um, 12 minute abs. Is it is that better than the six minute abs, twelve minute abs? Have you seen that movie? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we play. Yeah, we played. I'm like, yeah, should we do? What's the sweet the sweet spot there? But um, well, it was a bit of a play on words, you know. It's it's we say you know, the twelve minute ab challenge, but really it's um it's twelve minutes to strengthen your core and try and lose a bit of fat, you know, and it. maybe reveal those hidden abs. Everyone's got some abs under there, you know. It's maybe reveal that, but it's a really good way just to get people in. It's kind of a teaser yeah. into the bigger program. So it's just a really easy one. And through COVID. We ended up um, we ended up doing that for free for everyone. We wanted to put it out there, so we just said, you know what, I want to help people in this time, and we we pumped that out for free. So we had thousands and thousands of people sign up to it. So um, don't know if we got any abs out of it. We'll see what happens. But uh, but at least you know, a few people strengthening their cores and losing losing a bit of excess fat. <laughs> Absolutely, mate. The COVID abs is a good thing. I think uh, certainly for me, I I uh, for the first time really tripled and doubled down on uh, you know Uber Eats, and we had to sort of have a yeah, little look yeah, at ourselves yeah. at uh, at that during COVID. We ended up in a, uh, you know, quite a quite a bad eating um, behaviour. Yeah. So we had to sort of sharpen where are you that guys, up. But where you, are you guys based? 
We're on the Gold Coast. In the Goldie, yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, um, yeah I really now, felt it. That second lockdown in Melbourne, I really felt, felt it. And that was where it was, you know, it was tough down there where you, you couldn't go out at night and, you, you know, you could go out for an hour a day. Like that was – that became really tough. And, and it was, um, you know, at least I still had work. So many people, like we were allowed to go to work, but so many people yeah. had work taken away as well, you know. So I just wanted to do as much as I could to kind of encourage people to – you know, at least with our with our abs program, there's a whole recipe list and things, and encourage people to try new things and learn new things and cook at home. You know, just to fill in the, the hours of the day sometimes. So I think we had a lot of people through through COVID who got healthier, and a lot of people who went the other way. So yeah, it's kind of the two spectrums. But yeah, certainly, I think uh, there was a few people who learnt uh, some new skills, and uh, I, I think that uh, you know, it, like you said at the start about COVID, there, there's a gift or an opportunity in in some of these things as well. And if we can see them as a problem or we see them an opportunity to to really appreciate something, uh, I think that uh, that's a good thing. You know, at the end of the day, yeah. but yeah. mate, you know your you know your career has been you know modelling. You know, you've written a book, um, two years in Neighbours. Uh, uh, technically, the original Bachelor. You fell in. You fell in love and got married from the Bachelor. That was that's a yeah. pretty amazing outcome for you. And 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 uh, Anna, you know, the true love really does work. Uh, love at first sight, potentially. But you know, your career has been sort of you know weaved throughout. Um, you know, uh, maybe a few different things, but there's probably an underlying theme there. Uh, do you feel like you're still looking for the thing, or? Um, you know, do, do you reckon you you know where you're going for the next 10, 20 years? It's, it's always, always an interesting yeah, question. <laughs> it's funny. I've always been like, and I don't know whether, you know, like you, genetically, you know, you look at your fast twitch, your slow twitch, you know, are you a sprinter or are you a, or are you a long distance guy? I'm like somewhere in the middle. I've kind of yeah. always been good at a lot of things, but not really good at one thing. That's like me to a T. But at the same time, the one thing I've always had is really good balance. So... Uh, somewhere in there, whether, you know, physically, genetically, whether, um, whether it's been taught, whether it's the environment, I've always been really good at balancing and helping others find balance in their life. Because, you know, as a chiropractor, you see so many people out of balance, whether it's physically, their body is yeah. out of balance, they're wearing and yeah. tearing through one knee or one side of their back more, or nutritionally, they're out of balance. So their body is reflective of a, of a, of a body that's out of balance. It's either overweight or underweight, or, you know, their mental health is out of balance. There's so many so many things. So I've always been really good at finding balance and helping people find balance. Um, and then, yeah, from, <clears throat> from a career point of view, I've, I like to try different things. I like to find, I used to be really good at physics. And I love physics. It's about finding the underlying like formula and then you can get to the answer. If you, un if you understand the underlying thing, you can always get to the answer, extrapolate out to the answer. I've never yeah. been really good at rope learning things. That's why learning like learning lines was so hard for me at first, you know, rope learning lines. Uh, that was, that was a real challenge. It's not the way my brain works, but um, I think the thing with the acting, I think I've found it, but in saying that I never say, you know, I'm, I'm always interested in lots of different things but i've really wanted to do the acting for a long long time but i've never had the balls to do it i always doubted myself and i had you know i had kind of probably hid behind my degree and and things and you know you'd, you'd go to uni you do your degree you become something you wear that hat and that's the hat you wear for the rest of your life and and i finally got to this point after years and years and years of pushing myself out of my comfort zone, out of my comfort zone, out of my comfort zone. And so many years of nerves and nerves, things like the bachelor, things like all this stuff I've done TV wise, all this stuff I've done in, you know, starting my own practice, all those things that you do, they're constantly pushing yourself out of your comfort zone. Once you do that, and then you, 
achieve whatever it was you were going to achieve, you kind of, you know, you get that self-belief and the self-belief grows and grows and grows and grows um, because, I mean, there's so much self-doubt. But as you, you never get the self-belief if you don't push yourself above where you think you're capable of. You know, if you don't try and expand your comfort zone, then you're only going to be stuck at this level of self-belief, which is limiting. So the more it's like, it's like ripping off a Band-Aid or it's like, okay, just, you know, I'm going to, you know, if I'm backstage, I'm about to walk out somewhere and do a big interview or do something or do a show or dancing with the stars and you're on a million people live watching you and you're about to go out, you're like so bloody nervous, you know, but I've got to do this because I know at the end of that, no matter what, you know, you're, you're going to expand, you're going to become better and you're going to open up more opportunities and life is just going to have, you're going to get more out of life, I guess, you know, depending on what um, success means to different people. But for me, it's just, you know, really having more days where I have a big smile on my face and that's kind of what success is for me. I could get more specific, but that's really comes down to how many, you know, how many hours a day do I have a smile on my face? That's for, to yeah. me a success. And so, um, yeah, so it's been finally like with the acting, it's finally got to that point. And I'm like, if I don't do this now, I'm going to, you know, I'm going to miss it and, and I'll regret it. And it's always the things you don't do you regret the most, never the things you do um, usually. So yeah. um, <laughs> that's one of the things I've, that's one of the things I've really looked at. I've done a lot with Martini. I know you talked to him recently. Like I, he was probably, uh, he's been amazing. a good mentor for me. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of I was about to ask that. Great. I was, yeah. I was about to ask that. I mean, you know, certainly by the sounds of, you know, some of the experiences that you're sharing here and, and many people have probably, you know, seen you, you know, after the nervousness, you know, backstage and out front, you've got the smile and you're looking great and you're doing all the moves, whatever it might be, dancing with the stars, you know, Australian yeah. ninja, whatever it is, you know, um, you know, Martini is one of those people that, that, that you look to or maybe get some support from, you know, the podcast is called The Well Faculty and it's a bit of a play on, you know, the two meanings of that, the faculty that you have, your own personal faculties, which you're talking about, health and, and um, you know, all of those sorts of things as well, mental, emotional, spiritual health. But on the flip side, the, the faculty members, the people that you go to or surround yourself with to help you face those fears, push through, get to the other side. Dee Martini's one. Is there other people in your, your faculty of support that have helped you so far and continue to support you as you go forward? Yeah, I mean, in different projects, you know, I think as a chiropractor, um, uh, my mentor there, Nick Wood, who's my boss, who I started working with initially. I remember he was one of the people I was sort of tossing up. I'd been to uni and I'd I'd been um, I'd studied exercise science and rehab and and I'd before that I'd studied photonics, was a physics degree on light physics and stuff. So I'd already done like nearly six years of uni and. I'd been interested. I had my my girlfriend at the time. Her brother was starting to be a chiropractor. I was asking him a lot of questions. I'd been to a chiropractor and had really good results. And then the thought of going, God, I'd have to go back for another three years. That would make nine years full time of uni. Like, do I really want to do this? But my my boss, who became my boss, I remember I was out having a few beers. We were probably half cut at um at uh what was it up in um up in it was actually the club. It was under the clinic where he worked in Kings Cross. And I remember talking to him one night and he goes, mate, I earn, I'm a chiropractor, I earn decent money, but I love getting up and going to work every day. I get mm. to help people and I love getting up, going to work every day. And that really, that was one of the things that really stuck with me. There's not many people who tell you that they love getting up, going to work every day 
and they earn a decent a decent it was a pretty good wage you know at the time and um and i was like man that's what i'd like you know a bit of financial um freedom or you know at least um feeling safe with my finances and and being able to say i love getting up and going to work every day that was one of the things that really stuck with me and then i ended up uh not long after I graduated i was like hey uh i'd like to do that can i do that with you and then i got a job and then i've been with him then we started up a few clinics together as well um and i'm still even though now i only work once i work once a fortnight i go in just with my regular patients but i'm still working with him you know it's been probably 12 years or something now um so he was definitely one of my mentors um he's you know from a from a business point of view he's now i think he's got like 18 clinics or something like that or 20 clinics or something like that you know at least his hand in some so he's 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 done well and he's helping a lot of people and you know it's, it's amazing so lots of different people my mom my family like there's you know my dad's been a big one um so many different people that's a good it's good to have those role models because it's um it's so important for you know i often see in the world i mean you're um you've got a great following on instagram and and facebook and you know uh, often, uh, often that's seen from the outside as just that person, um, and and the world doesn't get to see you know the mentor you've had for twelve years and and the hard work you've had to go through to get to you know where those things are the the insta famous or the or the you know the the fake book lifestyle or whatever it might be you know what, whatever those things are you know uh, yeah. I'm always I'm always fascinated to hear you know, the backstory of people who've achieved something amazing and are looking to continue to achieve something amazing in that sort of space. Because there's some evidence, there's some, you know, I'm, I think I'm a, a, a wannabe mad scientist personally. I, I want to find some of the little bits that can be applied anywhere, you know, and, um, and yeah, uh, yeah, 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 that stuff. But yeah. And you, you um, I do know we were having a chat uh, before you're, um, you're obviously, uh, your mentors rubbed off on you from a, a financial point of view as well. You're you're an avid investor. A lot of the listeners listening into this uh, are property investors from my uh, from my crew, my crowd. Uh, and you're a bit of an avid investor along the way. You've pursued your career and and increased your earning potential with your passions. But also along the way, you've been smart enough to you know put some aside for a rainy day and and for the future as well. Yep. Yeah. No, my dad was, my dad's a builder. Oh, he's an accountant and he owns a building company. And um, he, so he's kind of gone from the accounting bit. Now he, now he does all the, more the legal stuff at the moment, but um, he was always being good. I think when I was 18, he came to me and said, you know, look, son, you know, you probably should start looking at, uh, you know, investing and doing some stuff. We've got a little project and there's a place here. Um, I reckon, you know, use what savings you've got. I'll give you a little bit of a loan to kick it off and back then i think i bought a place it was like 164 grand brand new three bedroom and it luckily had got that we had this when the first homeowners grant came out so that made it all a little bit easier and achievable perfect and, and uh and then it doubled in like two years three years so <laughs> i did really really well out of that but the funny thing with that was was that um i had it and i had it for like we only just sold it um a couple of years ago but um it had this really steep incline and it just sort of Pitted padded along for a while but um i would then as a uni student i spent nine years as a full-time uni student i would then borrow off the equity along the way um to support me through uni so it was a really nice way that i always had a bit of cash in the bank and i was working i was working cafe jobs and personal training and modeling stuff and all these different things but then also had a bit of cash in the bank from this you know i had the had the offset accounts. So I'm like, well, how much money can I draw out of this to sit in my offset account? So I just had this safety net. So I was really lucky that I had that. And I paid my dad back like after two years or something like that, you know? So it was, um, always had that. And then I finally 
finally uh, flicked it on a couple of years ago um, when we are making way for this. But along the way, yeah, it was like I, I decided we've also got some investments up in Brizzy and, um, you know, good good rental yields up there and, and things. I got Anna into it and, um, and uh, yeah, so it's, it's we've had – yeah, a few little, few little things there, and then finally we were able to. Um, like I was renting a, a a little little place, and it was funny. Like the the rentals I'd bought were much nicer homes than the place I was actually living in in Bondi. <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah, and it got to a time. point, and I'd been there for ten years, but I was paying really. It was pretty good rent and things, you know. But it was comparatively, it was like a whole compared to these other places. And you kind of think you've got these other places people living in, and you're living in this little old thing. But um, finally, we bought we bought our place here, I guess, which was another you know it's another big investment in uh in sydney which is well it's a tax-free investment too <laughs> yeah i like that mate uh, capital gains tax-free is always a nice way to make some money that's for sure yeah 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 yeah, yeah. yeah so it's a funny it's a yeah it's a funny one this one it's um it we bought it uh we got a, we got a very good deal because it's got a set of stairs at the front of it so it's and basically You've got about, I think there's about, there's about 70 stairs by the time you get up to our unit. So it's like garden, you know, outdoor garden stairs. Uh, yes, so yes. moving in was, was a real bitch. Um, and with a 300 kilo piano, one step at a time, that was, that was nasty. But once you're in here, it's, uh, it's great. You know, you get so used to, there was a lady, she was in her eighties, she was on the top floor. So she had another 20 stairs or something to get up. But, um, you know, it was, uh, you were super lucky here. I think by those stairs made it at the time more affordable, anything like this, like we've got water views, it's been, it was fully renovated and anything at the time like this was about a million dollars more. So I'm like, you know what, I'll, for, for a million dollar saving, I'll, uh, I'll walk up the stairs. <laughs> and so, keeps your legs in, legs it. in good shape as well. Keeps your fitness up. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> now we're carrying L up. It gives us, you know, as she gets bigger and bigger, it's, uh, we're going to get stronger and stronger as well. <laughs> I like it. I like it. Uh, one of those uh, one of those things I, I was just thinking before, did you come out of uni uh, without a hex debt or did you have the hex debt uh, in tow and then you paid it off later? <laughs> I had about, I came out of uni with about an $80,000 hex debt. And I think I just finished paying it off a couple of years ago. So it was, yeah, it was pretty gnarly. It was just sitting there. It was kind of like just constantly just, sitting just in the drawing away. And, you know, the interest yeah. is going up on it and stuff. But um, finally, finally got that knock, knock, knocked off. So you kind of, nice. when you when you look at like, you know, what you charge as a chiropractor per, for a fee, um, you know, when you, you consider, right, you've got an $80,000 hex that you're paying off. You've given, I have nine years of my time to it eventually getting there um yeah you got to take all those things in sometimes people go what well, 80 dollars to come and see you you're like yeah so i'm still paying off all this stuff as well you know <laughs> nine years of my life i was full time you know i couldn't even hardly earn a wage myself um so yeah it's uh puts things in perspective probably if we did the math i reckon if you uh if you said all right the property you bought at 18 probably would have tracked along with the hex debt so it's probably like a, a zero-sum game there you know potentially if you, well, if you measured it that way I think because I kept using the money to fund my lifestyle, <laughs> you know, so I could, um, I think when, by the time I sold it, I'm like, is that, is that all the profit that's there? Cause I think even like 15 years later, you know, I think the, so the original loan was probably 150 grand. And um, I think like 10 years later, what I owed on the property was still 150 grand, maybe 200 grand, you know? <laughs> so yeah, it, uh, yeah. But you know what? It was a great investment because it enabled me to, to get through and have the odd little overseas trip here and there and not to have to eat baked beans on toast 
for 10 years. So <laughs> yeah, it, it did its job. And that's the point often with, with investing, you, you've got to take a little bit every now and then to make sure you're not uh, living on red beans and rice for forever and run out of steam to get there, you know? <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So, so um, we might change gears a little bit. You, you, you certainly, um, uh, chose to uh, consciously or unconsciously be thrust into the uh, the world of the public eye, and um, you know uh, the paparazzi certainly like to follow your story along with you and your family. You know, and um, you know sometimes that can be a blessing because you get the exposure that you want in your career, and sometimes it can be not such a blessing potentially for your private life. Um, and also yeah, yeah. in Australia, um, you know the tall poppy syndrome. You know, it, for, for those listening in, and I think it's this, you know, you talked about it pushing out of a comfort zone. Your example might be being more in the public. Um, other people listening in might be, you know, choosing, you know, to become an investor, uh, choosing to start a business, choosing to change jobs because they're not happy going to work, right? So, but the correlation, mm-hmm. you know, how do you deal with that, um, you know, public scrutiny for you and, and you know, the, the tall poppy thing, Um you know, in, in that world, I'm, I'm sure it's um, reasonably reasonably voluminous in its, you know, Yeah, focus. like I think it's, um, you know, really didn't kick in publicly until I, I did um, uh, Bachelor Days, you know, and then you just thrust out, bang. And so for me, going so going to that, uh, they, they asked me to do it. They asked me numerous times to come in and interview and interview. And I was like, yeah, yeah, I'll call you back. Yeah, I'll call you back. And they kept the pressure on. And then finally I said, look, I said, we'll come to your home. It's like, all right, come in, you know. And it kind of just went from there. But the main thing was, I like, I wasn't looking for it. I wasn't really looking for that. I wasn't looking for the fame. I wasn't looking for it. But when they came and, came and sold it to me that, you know, you, we've got 25 of the best girls around the country. I just got out of a relationship. And I was like, you know, that's kind of decent odds. I actually really believe that I could potentially find someone, you know. And yeah then when you get on and they you know they kind of more so pick like five girls they think you'd go on a date with and then 20 characters for the show you realize they haven't necessarily gone and picked 25 of the best girls they think would you know suit you you know to they've got to make a show at the same time so not to say that's a bad thing about the girls but it's just you know they they want um characters to to run the to run the show and uh so i was very lucky in that you know, out of the the few that they thought I'd, you know, I might I might end up with, and I was really lucky that. And it was on the same thing for Anna. She didn't put herself forward. Her friend put herself for it, forward for it, and um, went from there. But um, <clears throat> that then the, the thing I kind of really like, I'm like, yeah, do I want to put myself out there? Do I want to have my first kiss on TV? Do I want to be judged? And I guess all my life I've always wanted to be kind of done a bit of work on this with different Martini with different people and, you know, with NET practitioners and that. And do I, I've always wanted just to be liked and not to be hated. And, you know, we did a bit of work on it and it was sort of, we're looking at, okay, everyone wants to be loved. Some people mm-hmm. don't need it as much. Some people are really needy for it. We all have egos. We all want, you know, people to stroke our egos, but going on something like this, it can do the absolute opposite. You could be the most hated person. We've seen it with some people. And I kind of had to find this trust in myself. My dad said to me, he said, right, what are the three things you want to be seen as on there? And I said, right, I think trustworthy, intelligent, and down to earth and honest, honest, trustworthy. And and he goes, right, go to the EP, ask him, is this how he wants to shoot? Because some of it, you know, they can edit things to look a certain way and whatever. He's like, yeah. if that's what you want, is that can they make you if you if you give that, 
is that what they want as well in their main character? And he goes, yep. So we had that conversation and luckily first year, I think they definitely wanted to make their bachelor look good. Um, but I, I went through and there were so many challenging situations every day, but I had to go right rather than freak out about, because so much of it will be out of my control, but as long as I remain honest, I've got to trust my intelligence that I can, you know, if I'm in a situation, I can, I can work my way through it. I've been there before in certain things. This will be a lot of new stuff, but I had to kind of find that belief in myself and take a stab and go, right, the, the benefits at the end of this might outweigh the negatives and I've got to trust myself that I can deliver. I'm not a dickhead. I'm not, a, I'm not an arrogant asshole. You know, I've got to trust that my true self is going to come through and that's I want to be my, my most true self. I did a lot of work. I went to D Martini. I think I spoke to him just before I went on this and just after. And, and I was working with another guy who was like, put out to the universe. He would go through and go, right, there's a sort of a D Martini thing. And he'd go, right, you're going to list down. You've got two minutes, write down 50 things you want in the ideal girl. So you'd write down, blah, 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 blah. As stupid as they were, you know, some of those like, I don't know, I think I even wrote Brunette at the time, ended up with a bond, but, um, but just little things, just whatever comes on top of your head. And it's like, you know, putting, I really believe putting that out to the universe and being really clear, the more clear you are on what you want, the more you're going to see it, like when you buy yes. a V-dub car and you all of a sudden you see them on the road all the time, the more clear you are and you get clear in what you want, the more likely you are to see it, attract it in, have conversations with people that are going to attract the right people in to make that happen. So I think yeah. clarity was super important for me. And the more clarity I got, never been 100% clear on anything, but like the, the more you do the work and the more clarity you get, um, the more you then kind of believe in yourself. You see, you know, things I've done in the past, like vision boards, I think so important. Um, seeing it every day, getting really clear on what your goals are, where you're going and believing in that because there's so much in my industry, like as an actor and that, there's so much self-doubt. There's so many things against you. Um, you have to constantly work at the belief in yourself and you've got to do the work. You can't just say, oh, I'm the best actor in the world without doing the work. You've got to do the work, yeah. but it all comes together. You've got to do the hard work. But then sometimes it takes so much motivation to get up off the couch and put the energy into doing the work. You know, I might be running a scene that's going to end up nowhere, but I've got to bring up all these emotions and that's draining, you know, but you've got to do it because you've got to see the big picture and the, and, and the, the long game as well. Yeah. Do you have a daily, weekly, monthly, like have you got a routine that keeps you in that zone? Is there something that you do in that way? Yeah, I've never been one to have like set routine, you know, it's 6am up, 7am this, 8am that, but I definitely, I went through a little bit there where I was journaling, you know, I'd have the, on the journal, I'd have like, what are your key tasks for the day? Um, what are your, what are you, um, you know, what are your gratitude for? What are you uh, grateful for? Blah, 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 blah. And that was, that was really good. I would have monthly goals and now I kind of still do that in my head. I don't necessarily write it out. I think it's good to go back and forth every now and then to kind of get back into the habit, but I generally do it in my head. I'm like, you know, what are my key tasks for the day? I'm going to nail them. I want to try and nail them early. Um, what, you know, I definitely somewhere in my day, I've got to have exercise. I've got to sweat. Um, and if I'm at the moment, I'm working on a knee strengthening program. So I have that. I've got my, I always come back. The physical is probably the thing I sometimes put first and foremost above everything. If I feel good physically, if I'm getting that sweat, that stretch, that all of that, everything else kind of, um, I feel better. I feel more balanced. I feel my energy is better. My, I'm more focused, all of that. And then on top of that, I think, Doing the fitness is the the main thing that you know kind of drives my day. I make sure I get that in. 
And then around that, I started to, you know, there's, there's family time and there's things like, oh no, Anna and I have got a really, we've got a really good communication. We've got things, she's got to do stuff. I've got to do stuff. I've got to babysit. She's got to babysit. So we work that out and then we make sure we've got time to, um, to knuckle down and do the things that the, the acting thing at the moment, when you're not, you know, when you've got a job, it's easy. You know, when you're at, when I'm on the neighbors, I know I've got X amount of scenes tomorrow. I have to make time to get there. I cannot rock up to work and not know my lines. So sometimes, you know, that's, it might be five hours of work at home. You kind of got to be on that when you're in between jobs, you don't necessarily have anything. So you've got to keep the muscle going. So you've got to be all right. I've got to book him with the coach. I've got to learn this scene and this script. And a lot of that, you know, party is just going, Oh, you don't really need to do it, but you've got to be so self-motivated for that stuff. Strong discipline. And, you know, you said, uh, the physical stuff for you leads to that that other feeling of wellness and and capacity and and energy as well. I mean, I think I think that would uh, would be you know very similar to a lot of people. That like your base, your base, um, you know, um, belief system or, or whatever it was grounded in health by the sounds of things. You know, you I understand or believe that your grandmother was sort of maybe the first one to sort of introduce you to you know this health this health stuff many many years ago yeah my grandma was um she reminds me a little bit of i get inspiration a lot from my grandma and the rock the two very similar people <laughs> you see the rock now where his grounding thing is always yeah. been his exercise you know i just saw something today he was up he just finished his midnight session and he always gets it in that's the thing he always the imperative he generally gets in most days and like my, my grandma growing up with her she did chinese massage from when i was like five years old she did qigong tai chi she did all these different stuff that got me to think outside the box on health and she used to talk about working from your done tin you know breathing in the purple jacaranda color and watching the sun burst out of the ocean and, and how good that is for you and all this stuff that we've now learned wow. you know the the light that purple light is healing the the you know being there at sunrise um working from your dantin which is your core from your belly for your breathing like she was just just so ahead with so many um so many different things and uh she was like the the real sensei it was like she was like mr miyagi with the wax on wax off you'd be like what what is this message this seems really weird why are we stopped parked on the street breathing in the jacaranda color like you can't even breathe it in it doesn't have a scent you know like i was questioning it but you look back now and you know no it's the it's the wax on wax off or the up and down on the fence it's uh she was so good in so many ways and then learning just the simple like learning the the power you can have with the human touch you know with her with her massage i used to go and get almost weekly massages from her but also she was one of the first she was one of my first employers so i used to go and mow her lawn and uh, that was one of my first jobs. I get 20 bucks a fortnight from mowing a lawn um, when I was, you know, 13, 14. So she was she taught me so many things, the value of money, the value of 20 bucks and how hard you got to work for it and, and all these things. So, yeah, so much has come from, from her. Yeah, it sounds like some valuable family members uh, surrounded you when you were, when you were uh, in your formative years, Jim. So, yeah. 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 yeah, to be grateful for, that's for sure. Your, and when I was out uh, of line, world. she would pick me up as well. She'd let me know when I was out of line. <laughs> yeah, I, I grew up in a small town and, and um, one of the most amazing things about that was I was pretty well related to everyone in the town. But uh, yeah, it, it, uh, it was one of those things where, you know, you could be who you wanted to be, but uh, anyone in the town, uh, including non-family members, if you're out of line, they'd, they'd give you a you know, a kick up the bum or, or rouse on you if you weren't, if you weren't, uh, you know, behaving, which was, uh, which was always good. Keep us on track. So 
fantastic. Yeah, hundred percent. Your your uh, you know your major passion uh, exercise you know the world of um, uh, the the Robards method et cetera et cetera you know mm. so that really still shows you know a strong core part of what you're doing now still as you as you go forward will you always keep that as part of the mix of you know who 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 Tim uh, is to the world. Yeah, I think like, you know, I, I just love, I always felt like I'm a bit of a, a bit of a teacher, a bit of a, maybe the sensei that my grandma was. So I feel like that so much of her is in me and yes. I feel like I've always been good with balance. And I think being the, a bit of a healer in a way, that's what my grandma was. And I think she's definitely passed that on. So whether it's in the clinic one-on-one, um, whether it's through social media, whether it's through, you know, I work with Medibank now, creating videos for them. Um, I've got the Robards method. So there's so many different little avenues that I've got that I can, I, I love it. It's kind of like, you know, some stuff I get paid for, some stuff I do totally for free and it's, I get nothing out of it. And it's, it's great. Like it's a great way of getting doing a living doing it. But um, at the same time, a lot of it is kind of like my, my charity work as well. And I just love that um you can help i think you know like my goal of success is the more hours a day you can have a smile on your face the better and the more i can help other people get out of pain become more happy more positive succeed you know i like that's that's um that's just so that's one of my passions and i think it'll always be there in some form it may take different different routes whether it's the robots method whether it's other things but um that's one of the things I love doing. I love, you know, have random people come up on the street and go, mate, I just cooked a meal from your book the other night. I loved it. It's changed my whole family. We've all, we've all got healthier. We've lost weight. We've done this, we've done that. Or someone will like, you know, TRM members going, mate, I can never do like I'm a surfer. I had a shoulder issue for five years. I've been doing your TRM program and my shoulder has never been stronger. Now I can surf. Now I can, I've got to play with my kids more. And now actually their kids are working out with them on the ring. So it's turned into a family thing. Like I, I love hearing that. And it's, um, that's a hard one to say goodbye to. So I'll just be looking for ways to, to do that. But, you know, you can't be master of everything. So you got to put your energy, a lot of my, that's where my head goes, I've got to do this, this, and this. I've got to go, no, no, no. I need to focus on my acting. That's my number one and my family and, and that stuff is there, but you know, you got to pick your, you can't be master of master of everything. Uh, not, not all at the same time anyway, you know, maybe uh, there's seasons for that stuff. I think um, what I've learned over the years, you know, you, you pick a season to focus yeah. on different things, you know, your book, um, uh, seven, two, one. Yep. The seven, two, one plan. Yep. Seven, two, one plan. People can track it down on pan McMillan. Um, on the on the the Robards method website also. Yep, we've gone online. Basically, we're more um, uh, pushing the online version of that now, which is like a little hub, so you can jump on. You can work on your phone. You can um, you don't have to have the the book there with you. So if you go down to the supermarket, you're like, oh, what was that? What was that recipe? You can bring it up on your phone. It's all there. There's a whole bunch of just simple stuff to simplify um, understanding the food. You know, the whole front section yeah. of it is understanding. You know, carbohydrates, fats, this, that, just the basic stuff. You know, we're not trying to break any crazy molds here. We're just trying to get people a little bit more back on balance. And really, it's just eating more real food. Yeah. Well, it, so. uh, I think I'll be uh, I'll be grabbing your book after this. I uh, am getting back into uh, rock climbing and bouldering for the first time. Yep. I've been sort of back at it for two years. And, you know, I'm almost 50 now, 40, uh, 48, year, 48 years old. And I just, I think I just got to take care of my shoulders and my elbows a bit better than I used to. So I think I'll be downloading your book, him and, and yeah, man, there's a few, there's a few good, uh, 
if you want all the free stuff, check out my on Instagram. I've put a heap of videos up there on shoulders and how to how to strengthen them. And well, that's one of the things I love doing in clinic is, is strengthening shoulders. Um, you know, the the stuff that uh, people are teaching now is really changing from the old. You know, just do your rotator cuff exercise. You know, there's so much more that you can do than that. And uh, and a lot of the stuff I do with Medibank, you know, it's on there. It's free. It's all up there. You'll see it. So um, give it a go. I've done some with wine bottles. So everyone's got wine bottles at home, water bottles, don't need any weights, no equipment, just a couple of wine bottles. It's got to be Italian. That makes a big difference. Italian wine. All right. Yeah, that is perfect. I'll yeah. get some Italian wine and uh, make sure I can take <laughs> care of my, <laughs> my shoulders. I got exactly. Some and then when you finished your workout, you just, you just, when you finished your workout, you just cork it and <laughs> rehydrate. Yeah. Well, at the end of the day, uh, you and I know Marcus Pierce, um, uh, very well and and he's done some interviews in his podcast 100 not out with some of the oldest people in the world and um yep. funnily enough or not funnily enough a glass of wine a day not too bad um you know, people yeah people well, pretty well in I, that think space. I think he told me one of the yeah one of the women that lived the oldest in the world she'd have a cigarette a day some chocolate a day and a glass of wine a day something like that um don't quote me on that but it was somewhere <laughs> there so i think you know it's all in moderation <laughs> And some people have just got really good genetics where they can cope with that. Some people can't cope with that. So I think it's balancing moderation with the genetics you're delivered. You know, you can't fight your genetics, but um, just create an environment that works well in synergies, in synergy with your genetics. Maximize it. Oh, that's great tips. Got some rapid fire questions for you. What book are you reading at the moment? Um, I'm reading a book on acting. I don't know. Actually, I haven't, it's on my Kindle. So I haven't looked at the front cover for ages. I forget even what it's called. I just turn the Kindle on and I'm like halfway through it. It's a book on that acting. Is. That's good. Um, yeah, it's always good to have. I, I find myself having four or five books going at any one time. Sometimes I can read them fast and sometimes I have to like read them as bits and then absorb them for days yeah, and yeah, weeks yeah. at a time. One thing I've been doing, I have been reading, um, I've signed up to Blinkist. Have you seen Blinkist where they summarize books? Yes. So they're, they basically summarize books. You can either hear it as an audio or whatever. So like, you know, I can read a book in 10, 15 minutes, <laughs> get the main points, move on. So well, I do that as well, depending on where I am. I was, I was inspired by uh, D Martini. You've chatted to him and you've heard his work as well. How much yeah. information he absorbs, absolute machine and that sort of stuff. So yeah. Uh, I aspire to be better than uh, better than I am. How many moment. How many of those books in the background have you read? Uh, uh, well, I can say confidently I've read all of those ones. So that's so that's oh. good. Yeah, I, I'm an avid reader. I, I, I certainly uh, am absorbing books uh, in audio methods these days. At least yeah, um, yep. one every week or two. I I, I do love a good book. I've, I've been mad for books and podcasts yeah. and audio for, for a long long time. What uh, what's the wine you're drinking at the moment? Italian? It sounds like that's the that's the go. Yeah, you know what? I love a Barolo, uh, the old Nebbiolo grape. Love a Barolo, and then I've also just bought a bunch of uh, just because I love the name and I do like the drink. But they're Chateauneuf de Pup, so the French stuff. Um, love it. It's a Grenache. It's a Grenache grape. Oh, yeah. um, I know what a Grenache a, yeah. is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but it's a French Grenache, Chateauneuf de Pup. Love it. <laughs> That sounds pretty flash and fancy, mate. Uh, what uh, What's your typical breakfast? Um, you know what? Sometimes I, I do do a bit of intermittent fasting. So sometimes my breaking breakfast break fast is yeah. um, is a little later. It might be lunch, but then usually I'll have something. You might have something with eggs. Like this morning, um, Anna actually cooked me breakfast this morning, which was great. So I had uh, we do this little 
little bit of whole meal toast, whole meal sourdough with a bunch of avocado, tomato, tomatoes, um, chopped up basil and a couple of poached eggs. That is like, that's the usual sort of go-to. Otherwise, a um, big bowl of oats with a bunch of berries, nuts, seeds, all that good stuff. Good stuff to start the day. I'm getting hungry now. I've been, uh, I yeah. eat a minute past each day and have been doing for about two years now. So I don't have my first yeah, meal yeah, until one o'clock. Yeah. Been fantastic for me. Um, yeah, I've kind of gone through phases. If I'm going through a phase where I'm like a bit more stressed and the cortisol levels are up, I find the intermittent fasting plus that is a little too much for me and I'll, I'll back it off and I'll, I'll start eating a bit earlier. But when I'm when I'm going really strong and I'm not in a high level of stress, um, then, you know, I kind of break fast usually, yeah, 12, 1, 2, something like that. Awesome. Uh, actor or actress that you uh, aspire to maybe work with or, you know... Uh... Um, oh, so many. Um, I love uh, Christian Bale, Tom Hardy. Um, yeah. And then I, you know, um, one of the, the best actresses of our time, Kate Blanchett, I actually um, got to work with her on the Armani Sea campaign. So I had to like kind of nibble and kiss up and down her neck. It was rather intense. So I've had, I've had, I've had my, um, I've had my, my big, like, you know, Academy Award winning moment across working with, <laughs> We'd, that was so funny. We'd have this moment, they'd play this music and they'd go, right, just go for five minutes. And I'd be just going back and forth, nibbling on her neck and her ear and back and forth. And, yeah, and we'd go for like five minutes straight. Then we'd break and we'd go, so, you know, how many kids you got? And okay, back at it. All right, back. It was kind of like, you know, love actually. It was a bit yeah, like that. You know, the scene, you had those, those guys who were the stand-ins for the... <laughs> it was a little bit like that. <laughs> One of my favourite movies, so, actually, Love Actually. Uh, uh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was very um, it was very surreal. Yeah. So, yeah. So, I think um, actually doing a proper acting scene, I was just the the kind of, you know, the modelly guy came in and kissed on her neck and you see the side of the back of my head for a, for a second. <laughs> <laughs> That's me, quick, there, there I am. Yeah, exactly. So uh, there's a question I always ask uh, of my guests, uh, and it uh, goes to your theme, actually, uh, or one of the things we were talking about earlier in today with your mentor saying, hey, I love, I love getting up each day. I love going to work mm. because often uh, I've, I've had the, the privilege to sit across the table from thousands of people over my time interviewing people about their financial well-being. And often, often some people struggle to understand why someone, if they had the financial capacity not to work, would still go to work. Um, and yeah, it sounds like yeah, your yeah. mentor would be the same. And I've interviewed so many people who financially don't have to go to work for a job and money, but they do it because of, you know, um, a passion, something inside them to give to the world or the universe yeah, that yeah. they just have to do. So my question to you, Tim, uh, what is the true meaning of wealth to you? Ooh, true meaning of wealth. I, 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 yeah, I could kind of cross that over with like, does wealth mean kind of like success where my meaning of success is um, kind of a mixture of things. Being able to help as many people as I can, I believe, you know, as a, and, and this comes into wealth, you know, I think the, the more 
happy people you have around you if you have a community of happy people you know i don't think you can be happy just by yourself you rely on the guy who makes you coffee in the morning to give you a smile the the guy who drives the ferry you know ferry to work whatever the guy the uber driver picks you up if i'm surrounded by a bunch of miserable people then i can't see how my life could be really happy when my community is miserable so the more i can make my community happy and I believe that comes from a mixture of, you know, mental health, physical health, um, you know, having, being able to provide for yourself. So having a certain amount of financial um, security, um, the more I can do that for my community, the happier I am. That's kind of part of the, the giving out. I want to continue to, to give out. So the more people I can help, the more success and wealth I have. And, and then from a, internally within my family and that, I think that, yeah, just essentially the, the more um, it's not, I think you want, you know, security in your financial success and wealth and that, but um, just to, to be happy, as long as I've got a smile on my face, meaning that, you know, if I lost what money I do have, I could still be, it didn't depend on money at all. Um, as long as I can still do the things that I love doing and, you know, provide a shelter and, and somewhat and food for my family, then I'm happy. And that's like, for me, you know, I still go into the chiropractic clinic once a fortnight. It makes no sense financially because my, you know, my insurances and stuff cost me five grand a year and going in once a fortnight, I probably maybe earn six grand a year. You know, So I'm like doing all, I'm pretty much working for free, even though I'm charging people, I'm I come out of it after tax, like I might make 500 bucks in the year or something, you know, it makes no financial sense, but I do it because I love it. And it's like, again, it feels like my charity thing. I go in and help people out, even though they pay me, I wish I could do it totally for free. Maybe that would be a better model, but I still need to have insurance and things. They won't let me practice without insurance. Um, so yeah, like there's little things that I, so many, many things I do now that, you know, not that I'm at the level I could retire, but um but uh, I still do so many things just because I love it and I uh, want to give back. I think that's really important to some degree. Yeah. Nice. That's a great long-winded answer to your question. <laughs> well, there's many facets in there and I think they're important facets, you know, uh, for a lot of people. Yeah. Certainly. Tim, really appreciate your time. Thanks for being on the Wealth Factory faculty podcast today, mate. Yeah. Thanks for, uh, thanks for having me. Hopefully there's um, a few little takeaways that people can get out of that, you know, well, they will be. Thanks again, mate. Perfect. Thanks, mate. Cheers. Hey, thanks for joining us on The Wealth Faculty. Hope you enjoyed. Make sure you subscribe. Where all good podcasts are found, you can find us there. And if you want to watch it, you can subscribe on YouTube, Positive Mentor TV. And until the next episode, take care. Bye for now.